Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Were students at the University of California exposed to an alien entity in 1981? Because I used to think they were alien. (laughs) Are mediums just dupes for parasites? How do you take paranormal photos? Hello and welcome to the 891st edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben. Uh, and we are coming to you live from WON AM and FM Radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app uh, with TalkStream Live and on TuneIn.com. And those assorted questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. Uh, today, we bring you an open line show with one, the one and only Rick Eno sitting in for Shane Searway. Uh, Shane is taking some time off to work on a new book. Uh, Rick is our trusty cousin, a certified investigator for the Mutual UFO Network and our show's Northern California reporter. He comes to us via Skype from the San Francisco area today. Rick, welcome to Behind the Paranormal once again. Well, thank you, Paul. It's always great to be on the show. It's great to be with family on a Sunday. Absolutely. Yes. How many enos does it take to get through a million emails? Well, we'll have to have some of the children make an appearance. We're going to have uh, more enos than uh, the law allows. Yes, yes. Okay. More like eno mail. Yeah, uh-huh. eno land. Anyway, you can do so much with that name. You can. Yeah, yeah. and it has been done, I assure you. That's enough. Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, I heard that uh, starting when I was in grammar school. Anyway. Back when dinosaurs walked the earth. Mm. Uh, let's begin with some questions here from uh, our good uh, listener and uh, friend Peter in Bogota, Colombia. And uh, he sends in one question that we're going to take on our June 13th show, our 899th show. And that's going to be with Dev Rooney, uh, who is a California, Northern California MUFON. And we will leave uh, the question to, to, for her uh, for, that, for that day. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Ben, why don't you take number two there? Sure thing. Uh, so the second question that Peter has written to us, which we are starting with first, um, Chris Deperino uh, of uh, MUFON mentioned a case regarding a triangular UFO uh, dumping barrel, uh, dumping barrel-like objects into a lake. Please share full details and what has been discovered. Supposedly the MUFON dive team was going to look. Well, this is a question specifically for Rick, and just before Rick begins, uh, I'm, I'm sure most of us who are interested in this saw Pentagon film released uh, from 2019 that was, was released last, not film, but video that was released last week uh, in reference to triangular craft uh, supposedly being seen shadowing U.S. warships. So with that lovely and romantic background, uh, take it away, Rick. Okay. And I'll just comment, Paul, um you have a great point. If you remember, we had uh, Andrew on the show a while ago, and he was reporting seeing a uh, craft uh, deploying drones over Northern California. And on that same air time- timeline, a few days, there were several crafts seen over California deploying drones. So there may be something there. Yeah, something okay. more to look into. All right. So, then, anyways, that happened on Behind the Paranormal first. That's right. <laughs> we had a number first on this show. Nick Pope apologizing on behalf of the British government to the Rendlesham Witnesses and things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool, 2010. All right, so we're, we're going to uh, take that under advisement and uh, say more about it later, right? Okay, yeah. So okay. The, the question Peter has, I, I'm going to ask him for more. I did do research on it, but I'm going to ask him to write in a, a few more details, like if he knows what exactly lake it was, because I remember this case 
uh, Hangar, uh, MUFON does Hangar 1 video, uh, the series. It was 14 and 15, and, uh, I believe. And then they covered a case like that. And so I'm not sure which one he was referring to. Chris DiPerno is in New York in the Hudson River Valley. He's very well known, very, uh, and MUFON, very respected. And, um, the case that I came up with, uh, that, uh, I saw was in Orange County around 2017-ish, okay? Now, um, a couple of par- a couple things to think about on this. Um, so I'm not sure of the exact location. Um, if I can get the exact location or time frame uh, from Peter, I can be more specific, but I'll speak generally about it. Um, the triangle UFO phenomena, as we all know, there was, from 1983 to 1986, there was about 5,000 residents in the Hudson River Valley that witnessed these triangular-shaped UFOs happening. In fact, it stopped traffic one night on I-84. So so this is not an uncommon uh, craft that we see. The one in uh, Orange County, um, I've seen just the basics of it. I don't have a report from the dive team yet. Uh, I'm mean, working on that. Uh, but there are, when I went into the database to look at triangle UFOs and uh, put in a few keywords, um, I mean, thousands, probably a hundred cases came up in the past uh, three or four years. And if I go back to 2002, it'd be even more. Um, but I do remember that case. I, we don't have an outcome for it yet. I am working on an answer for him. If he can send us those specifics, uh, I can probably nail it down for him. And I can talk to Chris DiPerno as well. Okay, very good. Yes, uh, Peter usually listens live, and uh, I'm sure he'll get us that as soon as possible. I'll get it to you. We can uh, deal with it uh, in due course. Indeed. Uh, <clears throat> why don't we take this question from Amanda here? I don't know where Amanda's from, but... Yeah. Hey, we'll find out, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Amanda from Question Mark writes to us, um, serious question... When do people decide to start taking these photos? Is it because there's uh, been a little bit or a lot of activity in the house? If so, do you just start casually photographing, or does it need to be under certain conditions? Okay, I, th- I think what what Amanda is is asking is that uh, is referring to what was uh, traditionally known as psychic photography. Um, I've always relied a lot on photography because I've had photographic training, and you can go into a lab. And you used to be able to work with negatives to see if something that comes out in the photo that you didn't see necessarily with with your your naked eye maybe comes out on the photo because the the certain kinds of film would have and, and certain kinds of uh, digital media today have uh, the ability to see uh, more of the light spectrum than our eyes do. Uh, whether that's a factor, I don't know. Uh, with but you you'd see streaks and. Uh, uh, blobs of light, sometimes whole figures, shadow, shadowy figures, glowing figures. Uh, as a matter of fact, th- that kind of photography is what attracted me to my very first case. Uh, started uh, 50, 50 and a half years ago uh, in the Pomfret, Connecticut, which is right in our listening area, and the so-called Lost Village there, uh, where we had some really uh, rip-roaring experiences. Uh, that started when I saw in the newspaper, the Hartford, Connecticut newspaper, in 19, early 1970, a, an article about uh, the man who took just that sort of, photo, of uh, photograph in that area with the streaks, and they reproduced a few, and I was fascinated. At the time, I thought perhaps uh, the light spectrum 
explanation was uh, what we did. Uh, but ever since then, for the last 50-odd years, I have, very odd years, I have um, always uh, just sort of shot photos in areas where I just had the feeling that there would be something weird. That's that's always, it uh, doesn't always work, but uh, when it does work, it's it, that's that's the context. Uh, ben, you and I in 2010 took those photos that are becoming very well known now of the what appeared to be very small people in the Bridgewater Triangle area, specifically the head of the Coppicut Reservoir in the Freetown State Forest in Massachusetts. Mm, yes. And I'm often asked about those because they're all over the Internet now. And uh, what they were, I don't know. We never say this is definitely something. You know, this is what the circumstances were. These are the photographic um, uh, details, and you decide for yourself. So uh, we just get feelings and just start shooting photos. That's yeah. what I, I don't know about you. I mean, I, I don't think there's any, any like, I don't think we have a criteria or a checklist of, ah, yes, it is. It is this day at this particular time. The uh, you know the air temperature is X, so you know yeah. let's. Well, let's we do, do this. make note of that uh, now. In those days, you know, you didn't. I didn't even think of that. But uh, th- but then there's somebody uh, F- Shane Searway, who is usually our guest co-host today, uh, and and Rick is very graciously sitting in for him today. Uh, we have a picture that Shane Searway took of me taking a picture of an orb. Now, the orb, as it's kind of a ball of light kind of thing, it looks like a nucleus of a cell, that came out in the photo, but the photo I took did not have the orb in it, which is strange. Now, Rick, do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I had a question first. Um, do you shoot in digital or do you shoot in film, Paul? Well, it depends on the era, okay? Like decades ago, I was shooting um, a lot of Tri-X <laughs> film, which I was able to develop myself, uh, or yeah. Kodachrome. In uh, the highly technical, uh, high-tech um, uh, Kodak Instamatic 126 yep. camera, which was high-tech for the 1970s. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, I've gone pretty much completely digital now, although I am prepared to use film t- now, too, although I don't, I don't have a darkroom anymore. So it's pretty much all digital now, but I think you can get away with that if you realize the digital uh, in uh, di- digital for photographic equipment will interpret various things in a photo. So you get a lot of orbs today that you didn't necessarily get back when you were using film. It's just a matter of uh, you have to n- know the context. Now there are some in photos that I know for a fact uh, are dust or insects or snowflakes. All right, that's something you don't have a problem with in California. But uh, nevertheless, uh, there are things that. that uh, it will interpret, but if, if none of those factors were present, and you take a, in a, the account that all things uh, that Ben mentioned are present, then you can, I think, get relatively accurate photos with a digital medium. We may have to put this okay. on hold for a second because we do have a caller with us. We have a caller. We have Christina with us. Christina, welcome. You're on WOON. Welcome to Behind the Paranormal. <laughs> Hello. Oh. <laughs> What's cooking? Oh. Hi, Christina. Uh, a bright and sunny day. That's what's great about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you know, Rick. I guess he put you up to this. So, uh, uh, what's yeah. uh, what's uh, what's happening? Uh, Paul, just let me say one thing. Uh, Christina graciously did this. Um, I met Christina because I was investigating a sighting she had in her backyard with her family after dinner one night. Uh, we we kind of covered that before. 
but she uh, had this really interesting story about when she bought her property uh, and shadow people. So, oh, Christina, yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, please, Christina, tell us about that. Um, okay, so my husband and I bought this property. Um, we bought the property because we liked the property. Um, now, now you're in California, right? We are in California in the Sierra foothills. Okay. We are about an hour from Tahoe, Lake Tahoe. Okay. Um, and we, I noticed, you know, when I go out in the backyard, you know, the dog would be barking. There's all kinds of wildlife out here, but um, on our tree line, which I think is, what, about 50 feet, Mike? About 50 feet to the tree line from our backyard, I would see these shadow people. And I thought, at first I thought I was seeing things, and then I realized I wasn't. Um, and when we, um, I've done feng shui for over 20 years, so before I moved even a stick of furniture into our house, I had done the rituals that I needed to do. And when we started remodeling our property, things got even worse, and I'd start to see these shadow people inside my house. Um, the things just went really wrong, and I did everything I could do to get it straightened out. So finally, I called my uh, master feng shui teacher, and I said, look, I've done everything I could do. She then consulted another one of her colleagues, and they came back to me, and this is what they discovered. I tried to find more information about it, but I couldn't. Um, where we live... There's a lot of mines, and apparently the North the North Star Mine is behind our property. There was an explosion where 20 miners were uh, trapped and killed, and their analysis of this is that the miners are still roaming the property. They're not free. So in their assessment, I did the rituals that they asked me to do, and since then we have found peace. But for at least the first three years here, that's all we saw was shadow people constantly, you know, around our property. Interesting. Um, okay, the the, uh, the interpretation of the event, uh, and again, you know, I'm, I'm not, we're not there, we don't know, uh, was, uh, prompts me to say, first of all, you probably ought to count your blessings because we had... Um, uh, Australian listeners who wrote in and, and live in a very similar, very similar terrain, kind of on the verge of the outback, and they were seeing dinosaurs, you know, oh stalking goodness. by their kitchen window. You know, so I guess uh, you're lucky in a way. But then again, uh, shadow people, uh, which uh, is, is a term coined by our good friend Heidi Hollis, um, are, are dark figures seen very often in, uh, next to your bed or something, but very, but also around property, indoors and outdoors, that sort of thing. Now, may I ask, how, how tall were these, or did they vary? They varied in size. The one in the house where my dog saw it, and I saw it going from one room to the other, was about three feet tall. Okay. Um, when I'm standing on my back deck looking back um, to the tree line, which is about a 40-foot drop, um, they looked very tall, almost like a Bigfoot figure. Yeah. But it wasn't Bigfoot. Okay, uh, our interpretation of that is, uh, now it may or may not have anything whatsoever to do with dead people, okay? Now, we, we long ago found out that, 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 at least in our interpretation, this has nothing to do with dead people. Uh, now, a horrific event like that naturally is going to send out echoes across 
the multiverse, as it were. But the shadow people, we almost always find, not always, but almost always find our parasites, all right, who are trying to push your buttons in order to eat. Okay, it's a very different interpretation than the standard garden variety 19th century spiritualist approach that most people take. And maybe they're right, but uh, we've never found that to be the case. So uh, it sounds like you have done sort of the right thing, bring in, bring in positive energy to cut off the food supply, as we would put it. And you don't see them anymore? I don't see them. Good. Okay. I, you know, I've looked, but I, I don't see them. Well, that, that would be our advice, and I'm going to turn this over to Ben. Uh, just keep it positive. And, and then Rick. So. Yeah, that's, that, Thank I'd, you. I'd, I'd probably say the same thing, you know. It's, um, it's, it's one, it's one of those things where, um, sorry, I'm fumbling for words because you pretty much said everything I, I was going to say. So I'm trying to add something unique to the conversation. You always add something unique. Um, you know, we we uh, we're we're trained, unfortunately, uh, here in the modern world to constantly look at negative things. Um, you know, whether it, whether it's influenced by a 24-hour media cycle or news cycle, I should say, or social media and stuff like that. Um, it's good to do. Um, I I personally believe I I, I hold this belief that uh, doing like a, a light fast of things media is good it helps helps you kind of stay positive and whatnot um not that you should be uninformed but basically what i'm trying to say is you know we're conditioned to constantly look at negative things right you know 90 percent of our memories are negative um and you we we tend to think of just you know everything terrible rather than good memories right you know it's it's we're we're trained to look at bad things so being positive um, loving your family, you know, creating bonds with other people, you know, basically searching out life-giving things and bringing life to other people is is good, and that's that's yeah. what kind of keeps these things away. Yeah, Rick. Well, I, I concur with both of you. I I think that's probably what's going on. My question to Christina would be: Were what were these uh, uh, figures doing? Were they just standing there? Were they walking? Were they? Walking. Were they doing any activity? Walking just back walking. and forth. Walking through, okay. like you could see like a shadow walking through the woods. And sometimes they would come out just to the tree line where you could spot them and then they would move. Um, but they never came forward that okay. I could see, you know, past the tree line except for when it was in my house. Hmm. Got it. Got it. And you're how far from Mount Shasta? Oh, we're we're south of Mount Mount Shasta, probably about five hours. Okay, okay, that's all I want to. know. It's close for you, uh, you Californians. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's just down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Christina, thank you for the information, and please, uh, you know, keep us posted. Certainly, you can do that through Rick. Uh, And uh, we uh, find it very interesting, and that that there's a little shadow person there. That's uh, (laughs) weird. Yeah, anybody who's watching on the video, that's our little cousin, uh, Aria. We call her Aria 51. And, uh, <laughs> so, so thank you so much, Christina. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Well, we can always hope. All right. So let's move on to a question here. Uh, you, you have one there, Ben? You're oh, I have in? many questions. They're okay. all very long. <laughs> all right. Well, um, shall we, shall we start with, uh, one of the things that we that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, or um, yes, the medium. Uh, yes, uh, this yeah. 
it's it's funny. I, I'm wondering if this is this is a typo. Um, so Joshua from Australia writes, uh, "Have you? Oh, I guess there is there is you in there. I thought you weren't mentioned in the question at all, Dad. I misread it. Um, have you, Ben or Shane, considered that mediums, quote unquote, are possibly being exploited by parasites or other intelligent, malevolent entities by way of pretending to be particular deceased p- persons?" Um, who's needed, who, who need help crossing over, but instead it is actually gaining access or permission needed to enter our dimension or wreak havoc. Um, I mean, it just seems suspicious to me that a quote unquote spirit needs an alive human help. Um, anyway, love the show guys. Okay. Well, thank you, Josh. Uh, that is one of the most basic questions from day one. That has been exactly my approach. I couldn't believe even when working with that and Lorraine Warren. Uh, when I first uh, got to know them, they were doing seances. They're supposed to be so Roman Catholic, but they were doing seances <laughs> and things of this kind. But, you know, they didn't know any better. And I I, um, t- I had a long talk with Lorraine on the, the very first day I was there. I said, you know, you're really not supposed to do that, and, and, and you don't know what you're actually talking uh, to. And she said, you know, it's funny because um, people very often, w- would they would do that, and things would get worse. I said, well, yeah. That, that's, Why keep doing it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I like to think, I mean, they told me that they didn't do it anymore after that, and I like to think maybe I had the influence in there. But, you know, I mean, there were, I don't know, there, there were questions about how they did things sometimes, but I don't know, I didn't, I didn't see them ever do it again. But in any case, that was a, a, a basic question of mine. You don't know what you're dealing with. Uh it, if it starts feeding your ego, in other words, oh gee, I, you know, I, I, I have no friends and I, I don't have anything, but I have, uh, you know, this cosmic friend, you know, gives me advice and, you know, enlightened masters and all this stuff. So I just don't think that that's smart at all. And uh, I think that very often you're dealing, you are dealing with parasites. I think Josh is absolutely correct. Ben, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with that. Um, I, I do think it's interesting. This isn't always the case, but any any mediums that we've we've known and they shall remain, remain nameless um, typically have terrible personal lives. Um, yeah, a lot of them have uh, disastrous personal lives. Yeah, it's you know, really, with, with some exceptions. Right, there are exceptions. Yeah, it's not. And that's uh, a question I always had too. Right, and, and it's like okay, so if if there's all this you know good positive stuff going on, then why are all these terrible things happening? Yeah, I mean they're, they're giving other people advice, and their own lives are a dog's breakfast. You know, I mean, right. <laughs> so that that was that was all, always one of my my things because it's like you know typically it's like the goal is to create some sort of order, some sort of harmony. But yet, this just creates chaos, right? It's like it, well, not all. I mean, there are there are uh, some whose advice does seem to help, and I think there are legitimate situations. And and again, this is why I hated writing my last book because I tell people for fifty years not to do this, and it sounds as if I'm doing it myself. Uh, communications, contacts, conversations with people from you know neighbors, as we call from other. Realities, parallel worlds in in the multiverse, which is the uh, the basis of our own uh, theories and methods, and then nobody's dead, you know, nobody's giving you advice, you you know, there there is information and interesting stuff going on, but it's, I I just have never considered that the same thing as what mediums try and do, talking to dead people, and getting information about where the will is, you know, which sometimes works. I, I don't know. So Rick, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I. I 
I do have a friend who um, who saw a medium back in 1996, and he uh, he told me of the 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 what his experience was, and it was more of a I guess what you'd call a reading. Yeah. And in in that reading, um, what came across was that this this uh, person's name was uh, Gloria. I'm going to give it that name, and she was an ordained minister, supposedly of what faith? I'm not not sure. But basically, you would go to her house, um, you had to set up an appointment live with her at the house, and then three weeks later, she would see you. And my, my friend saw it was in Bloomberg, uh, Bloomingburg, New York, near the Catskills, hmm. outside the Hudson River Valley, oddly hmm. enough. Yeah. Um, anyways, she claimed she had Indian spirit guides. And what, what happened was he walked into the front parlor, they sat down, and she'd kind of look up and... and communicate with the Indian spirit guides and then communicate something to my friend. Um, and she would say things like she would see two females around my friend, uh, his grandmother and a friend who had passed, as well as um, when he would die at some point, he'd live into his 80s, that he'd have trouble with his legs um, and so forth. And in and, and little particulars about his life. And um, basically when it was all done, she just, you just paid her what you thought she should get, and some people paid her in cookies. I think my friend paid her thirty dollars. Well, I'd work for and cookies. That, yeah, yeah, same actually. <laughs> I, would do that. I know Ari would, but my point about it is, it was very, um, it was very more of a friendly interaction. It was nothing bad in his reading and so forth. I, but I did tell him. I said, you know, I believe that these people have. Um, the ability to sense and fear, feel things, but they don't know who they're talking to. And, and a lot of it's going to depend on who you are as a person. Are you a positive person or a negative person? And yeah. that's what's going to come out of it. Because I, I can tell you from my cousin's research and what I've learned is that um, it's not your uh, dead um, uh, relationship. It's, it's, uh, it's most likely a parasite looking for an opportunity. Okay. Well, I have a, a, another point of view on that, but right now we're going to take our, our uh, mid-show break here. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, and today with Rick Eno also. Uh, open line show on WON 1240 AM and uh, 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. And we will be right back. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Local and live at 99.5 FM. Okay, and welcome back to WOON and Behind the Paranormal Radio and TV here, if you have your video going. And uh, we are very happy to have our dear cousin and Northern California show reporter and special guest co-host, Rick Eno, with us. And we're doing an open line show today. Now, just before we leave the subject of mediums, I think we should balance this out a little bit, and Ben and I both agree on this. That in our in our very short break, we both basically said the same thing. Yes, we got a lot done during that break. <laughs> um, that, that we're not saying all mediums are necessarily uh, dumb or naive and, and getting taken in by parasites. We know several who are very good, and and many now are starting to realize that that what they're talking to 
is probably not a quote-unquote spirit, uh, which is really not possible under the laws of physics in our world, so we've been told by physicists, although other worlds, different laws maybe. Uh, but they're dealing with, with actual people in parallel realities. I mean, if somebody who's died here, they didn't die there. And there seem to be many worlds that I myself have experienced in the past. That's in the last book that I hated writing. Uh, that uh, you, you've got um, parallel realities going on where the laws of physics are such that you can talk to the neighbors in parallel, other 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 uh, parallel worlds, and they don't uh, lock you up for it or, or you know give you Prozac or Librium or something like that. Mm. So. Uh, I think that, that we have to uh, qualify what we've said earlier by saying that uh, uh, many mediums uh, are, are very legitimate in the sense that they realize this is what they're doing. And uh, probably the most telling experience that one can have is, and I've talked to people like this who have said that they went to a medium who put them in touch with their departed child, say, and I'm thinking particularly of our good friend Dave Kane. We're mm. going to be rebroadcasting that show in two weeks. Uh, and his son, um, Nikki O'Neill, who was the uh, uh, youngest victim of the Station Nightclub fire here in Rhode Island in 2003. And he said, um, <coughs> we've had many, many, many private conversations about this. And the upshot of it was, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Paul, you know, but do you have any idea what it meant to me to... Uh, hear my son again, you know, and that has to mean something, mm. you know. And I think from probably a world where he never died, I think it, 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 the the process that we just discussed holds up in that. But um, so the mediumistic thing is all over the map. They could be fakes, they could be parasites, they could be legit. So it's a matter of uh, I guess being uh, as you said, Ben, is it positive or not? Mm. Any other thoughts on that, fellas? Oh, I, I, I have a, I have a thought. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's interesting living in the modern world. Um, sure is. And <laughs> never there, a dull moment. There's an ancient Chinese curse that was, may you live in interesting times. <laughs> um, and boy, it's, it's interesting. Um, there's, there's this really odd notion that we've kind of adopted. That, you know, when somebody translates or departs, they're just kind of gone forever and that's it. And it's like, all right, cool. Well, that's done. Let's, you know, keep on, keep on trucking here. Let's, you know, let's just keep, keep moving on. You know, don't want to think about my dad. I'm going to build an airport kind of thing. Yeah. There's a little John Wayne reference to anybody out there. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. His his dad died and he built an airport. And that's what he did. Um, therapy. <laughs> exactly. That's that's American therapy. Um and it's it's um we we don't take the time and we really should. We really should take the time to kind of be silent and be still. And you know, know that, you know, or, you know, just because somebody isn't physically here anymore, it doesn't mean they're gone, right? You know, we're with them and they're they're with us. And it's it's like, you know, you don't you don't have any tangible evidence of it, right? You know, at least empirical evidence, which is, you know, can that even be constituted as evidence? Who knows? That's a whole other conversation. But the the main the main point of what I'm saying is, you know, we're we're told go, 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 and be as productive as possible, which productivity is synonymous with just being busy all the time. That you, you kind of miss the point. And being busy doesn't necessarily equal productivity. And I think the most productive thing one can do 
is to just take even ten minutes and just be silent and know that you know your your loved ones have that have translated departed whatever the word is you got you know they're not gone they're still here and it's and it's 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 just a good practice all around whether you believe in the multiverse or not you know whether whether you believe spirits are a thing or not it's it's still something that we've kind of lost in our in our in our culture right it's like you know you go to a cemetery and everyone's like ooh are you looking for ghosts and it's like no i'm just visiting relatives it's like yeah it's 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 just one of those things where we've just kind of lost it in our society and i i personally believe taking that that time at least a, once a week to just be present with you know all your loved ones is a good thing to do yeah uh rick any thoughts on that theme uh yeah for excellent ben that's i completely agree with you um and meditation is something that i've taken up in the past year um and it's it's changed my life mm. um i do want to comment on um you know our world uh, and I, I learned this from your uh paul when you were in uh you were meditating in a hospital. I think it was in Behind the Paranormal. You were telling the story, um, everything you know is wrong. I think that's the book. Uh, and you were meditating, and you ended up talking to someone who's waiting at a train station. Oh, that was and, Dancing Past the Graveyard. Oh, was it Dancing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Losing uh, track of books here. you got to keep up. <laughs> oh, let's get it right, Rick. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what I learned was uh, that in some realities, some dimensional realities, it's just common practice to communicate that way, whereas in yeah. our dimensional it's not and so i have the utmost respect for mediums i just want to i just want to say that i think a good number of them don't necessarily understand what they're doing but there are some that that do um and my point is in some realities it it's no big deal and they're just talking to a medium and and that and that could be that lost relative that they lost to whatever and it's just a communication back and forth but in our uh, you know, we only use 10% of our brain. We don't even know what the other 90% is good for. You know, I, it's probably a conscious highway, uh, and if we can tap that, we can travel it. Um, but we don't currently, so we don't have that outlook. And I, I feel that a lot of these times that people are speaking to, as you said, you know, this long-lost relative, yeah, it, 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 I see your point. It could be in that alternate universe speaking to you, you know, that person you lost they're still alive there and the, and there it's acceptable and understood it's a way they communicate because i understand it a lot of conscious communication is through pictures i mean I, I haven't had any conscious experiences to that way so but it's people who report alien contact or contact with um what they call spirits a lot of times it's in pictures um uh, and i mean is that your experience paul uh, yeah, I think so, too. And I was going to refer to uh, our last open line show, uh, number 887 from March 21st. That's in the archives and behind the paranormal.com. It's on iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all, wherever you want to look for it, uh, show 887. <clears throat> and that was um, uh, one in which we had a question from April. Uh, now, I wasn't sure where April was from, but we have a, a follow-up question from her uh, today. But uh, her question was... You know, she she was very upset having lost uh, her husband, and you know, how do you deal with that? You know, I, I, I just you know, it's difficult to feel that he's gone at the same time. He's you know not physically present. It's very difficult. So we got into that at some length with Shane uh, the, on that show, and it was quite um, 
uh, we, we simply came to the, essentially the conclusion that we ourselves operate on, that we always give to other people. It's not that they're still with you, but that you are still with them in many worlds where they never died. And it's all you. It's all one big life. Mm. And that really hits home with people. They never thought of it that way. And at least the people we deal with, most of them say, you know, I recognize that. And April sent a lovely uh, letter if, if, if we have it uh, in uh, response it, to that. Cause it might be floating oh, around maybe, uh, on your um, on your side of the table. Uh, no. no. Uh, then maybe it's on my side <laughs> of the table. Maybe it's on your side of the table, Ben. <laughs> Who knows? <All> right. <laughs> so It's well, a mystery. In any case, uh, I'm sorry, I thought we, we had it. But oh, no. um, she, she just uh, wrote a lovely uh, note that uh, it really helped her and that she is carrying on normal life with him in this new context. Um, now, of course, some people think that it's not healthy or you have to grieve, you have to, but you know, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. I never have. Um, or just grieving in a different sense. Life is life. L- life is, the only thing that's impossible in the multiverse is death. Mm. That's why we call it translation. We don't use the word death. Uh, and the principle for physicists to approach it this way is that all possible possibilities, probabilities, are present in concrete reality somewhere, somewhere in the multiverse. Every possible outcome is actually there. We just experience it in a certain timeline, which doesn't really exist. Mm. I mean, it exists, but it's a function of our consciousness. Einstein got into that in the special theory of relativity in the 1950s. So uh, I think there is no cause for despair in any way, shape, or form with this. I mean, sure you grieve because a person's maybe not physically there in the same way, uh, but um, you're there with them in many, many wonderful contexts. They're awful ones too, maybe. Uh, and of course, I always kind of tongue-in-cheek here, kind of kind of get, get a kick out of um, uh, mediums and everybody or whoever who says, oh, your loved ones are always there. But, uh, I mean, hopefully this is a loved one you liked, okay, because there are a lot, there are a lot of uh, quote unquote relatives and loved ones who were complete pains in the neck, and in a way you were you know you just <laughs> were not very uh, good in your life. So uh, hopefully uh, you know you get this relationship going with the, with the best of the best here. So that's that's tongue in cheek, but nevertheless. All right. So um, well, that also doesn't mean that there couldn't be a nicer version of them in a parallel yeah, precise, world. Very good point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Rick, any more wisdom uh, before we leave this subject? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the topic. It, it, it's just fascinating, and I, I think that that um, one thing I've learned in life is I, what you just touched on was uh, I don't really get. This is going to sound cold. I don't really get sad anymore when someone passes. I feel the loss, and that hurts, but I don't really get sad because it's almost like a graduation in a sense. Yeah, because I agree. it's a new relationship. Yeah. You know, I don't it's, feel it's like. like I have a better relationship with my mother than I ever did. That's been ten years this month, when she translated. Mm. But I, I just yeah. I, the the, pre, the presence is there in many worlds because that's the way I live. That's my spirituality is being aware of uh, you know and come visit me in the nut hatch when they uh, you know say I'm <laughs> schizophrenic or something. But um, we'll be next to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, sure. uh, but again, I think it is the healthiest approach, and I think it is as real as it gets. So. Yeah. All right, so um, we have uh, one from Timothy in Yuma, Colorado here. When I was there, I learned how to pronounce it properly. Mm. I, got, I got jumped on. Uh, <coughs> I believe it was with pronounced Nevada. Colorado. Colorado. They, they pronounce it Colorado. It's pretty rad. So anyway, here's uh, this is at the bottom of the page there. Sure. It'll need some background explanation. 
Sure thing. Uh, so Timothy writes, I see we have had similar injuries uh, with my NDE being a missing identical twin from early infancy. You also have physical verification uh, as to your reality, uh, something I view as very rare. As a quote-unquote memory of my encounter is somewhat nil, I would like to hear about your NDE. I, I attended a couple of IAND meetings, um, but I'm I'm retired and fairly free, but do have fatigue issues, though it's a lot better. Okay. Well, thank you, Timothy. Uh, yeah, w- uh, we went back and forth a little bit on this. I, I wasn't quite sure what he was getting at, my NDE. Um, <clears throat> I, I did... I, I've had a lot of experiences that, that I would consider parallel world experiences, but, but I, I initially told them uh, I've never had a near NDE being a near-death experience that I could remember. And then, bang, it hit me. I was sure say, I have. Yeah, the lizard. The lizard, yeah. <clears throat> I could have told you that. <laughs> well, I don't know how you remember it. You were like three. Well, because you've talked about it before, and I remember things. <laughs> you do, yes. I remember okay. many things. Yes, it's you a do. dad story. I get it, Ben. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then it ended with some punchline and some pun. I don't know. Well, anyway, I was in my four. I don't know. Ben was uh, a young lad. I was in my 40s. I remember we were in, at the old place in Cumberland, Rhode Island, we, a lovely place in the woods mm-hmm. we had. And we both had pneumonia. We both had – well, you didn't know it yet. I, I didn't know it either. I had – I mean, uh, it was three. I had no <laughs> – my, my heart was going pitter-pat, and I, I went, drove myself to the hospital, and it turns out that I had pneumonia and atrial fibrillation going on. Oh, brutal. Oh, God. So uh, they admitted me. I was there for 10 days. <laughs> and uh, But before I went to the hospital, uh, you, you were always very – you know, you, you were always a good – child you didn't like, carry on tear the house apart at least not much <laughs> you paused a little too long before saying that. right well anyway it's a well statute of limitations i guess up. that's fair yeah so i'm standing there and all of a sudden my consciousness shifted to uh, a presumably parallel world where because uh, i was starting to feel kind of pretty woozy uh and the colors were like nothing i'd ever seen before mm. and it was, you know, you'd expect some, you know, beautiful landscape or unicorns leaping over rainbows or something. But no, no, it was, it was a, a multicolored lizard standing in the mouth of, of, a, of a kind of a cave that had been built by humans. And a lizard, but it was the most peaceful, wonderful feeling and world. And I, to this day, I don't get it. I mean, most people aren't all that, that, lizard happy or you know crazy about lizards but uh it was just it was a beautiful experience so i suppose uh given my state of health they i was in critical condition in the hospital uh uh, after that and here i drove myself and uh maybe that was a a near-death experience i suppose Mm. i didn't like see myself uh, floating over the chicken coop that day or anything you know but uh it was um so I, I suppose so I kind of, I kind of consider that a near death experience, you know. It wasn't as dramatic as some people's. It was just odd because I guess you have to know me. <clears throat> Maybe that's the but um, but the also the um, the injuries that he may have referred to was something I, I talk about in uh, my book Turning Home. Uh, I was in the, the military uh, in on a winter survival exercise in the Yukon, of all places, oh. in January. Something that I've, I've really winter's never bothered me ever since. It's no wonder. But I was caught in in a very in a small avalanche, and I had a, a good six or eight feet of snow uh, on top of me. 
and it was pretty much powder, but it was, I couldn't breathe, and my, my chest was constricted. And uh, the, the uh, my fellow fe- soldiers, if you will, were, were were trying to get me out. And all of a sudden, up I popped. And I remember my, my right hand started to feel warm. Something pulled me up out of that thing right, right to the top of this eight feet. And they couldn't believe it. And uh, something saved my life. Hmm. So, uh, but I really, I wasn't injured, not a scratch. So, so maybe that's something that uh, Timothy was thinking of when he uh, was referring to that. But I think um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the altered states of consciousness, the changes, of the time shifts and things are sort of a normal part of um, our lives if we will accept it. It's just a part of our super lives, a term we had to invent to talk about our life across the multiverse. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Paul, as your cousin who loves you dearly, you have lived the life of Indiana Jones. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing what you've done. Yeah, well, I, I've gotten around. I've been busy. Yeah. He also has the hat, so at least you, you yeah, got I that. do have the hat. It needs to be dusted, but uh, yeah. I, I used to wear it the to your, um, your touch football games at the, when you were in grammar school. That is true. All the other parents that kind of look at me. Ah, yes. Uh, what, who is this? Uh, that what is Harrison there? Ford doing here? Anyway, I could do without the Cobras, but anyway. Uh, so, why has it got to be snakes? <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, what do we have next there, man? Uh, whew, we have some very long emails, but let's go with Salvatore in New Jersey who asks about geographical places, um, and he writes, do geographical places exist uh, which manifest paranormal phenomena because of energy fields, space-time portals, or because of extraterrestrial beings, or interdimensional entities, or spiritually benevolent spaces, or spiritually malevolent uh, infestations? Uh, each category seems to involve various space-time distortions or manipulation, or perhaps uh, might only involve cognitive or uh, conscious inventions um and there's a whole bunch of other questions after that so we can probably take it a little bit of time probably do some now do some later i guess all right does that sound good yeah oh this is actually kind of cool um i've been doing some sort of research on this um only only because in my by research i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts and documentaries about it um because (laughs) i work a full-time job um, so this, it's interesting that this is, this is brought up, and I would say yes, um, for a couple of different reasons. It could be, ge- it could be geological. That's, that's something we've kind of found with the Bouger anomaly, and for those who've listened to the show, uh, faithfully for years, you would know what it is. For those who do not, um, essentially what it is, is it's a geological phenomena where, um, you know, you'd think the closer you get to Earth, the the heavier you'd get, like the center of the Earth. So, but in this case, it would be the opposite. Um, yeah. Didn't not most geologists aren't entirely sure uh, why it happens, but there's speculation that it has to do with fossil fuels. Um, you can look up a a map of the Bouger anomaly if you if you ever if you ever get a chance to. There's some very great resources out there uh, that that talk about it. And there's a really fascinating map that shows. You know, basically, like, densities of, of where it is. And typically, if you look at where they are, it's usually where there's a lot of paranormal phenomena, flaps, whatever. So, you know, you, you'll find some around. Uh, one that comes to mind, I believe, is Yellowstone National Forest is one of them. 
National Park. National yeah. Park. National Forest. National yep. National Park. Where you know, if if any, anybody who knows you know the four one one reports, that's where a lot of missing persons tend to disappear, um, and any any sort of things like that. So I I would say that that's that's also true. I would also say that um, there's a really really interesting thing that if you watch the History Channel, um, or if you if you happen to know anything about ancient cosmology, there's a really fascinating. Um, Sort of view of where you know holy places are. You know, typically it's like um, you know I learned this really interesting thing about the Tower of Babel. I make this very quick because we don't have a ton of time. Um, that apparently uh, Babel comes from the uh, Sumerian word uh, Babile, uh, which essentially means the gate of the gods. Um, and so it's you know it, it, basically the the biblical story is you know people try to build this 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 tower and they say hey we're gonna go up and we're gonna get God or or whatever and so they build this big tower um, you know if you look at it in art it looks kind of like the Leaning Tower of Pisa sometimes sometimes it just looks like this haphazard structure but actually it was probably structured more like a mountain because gods were said to have lived on mountains. Typically on mountains where gardens would exist, right? So, you know, if you ever watch any old movies about the gods of Olympus, typically they're on top of a mountain. There's a fountain and a garden. Um, there's Mount Hermon, if, if anyone's familiar with that. I believe that is in Syria? Uh, actually, it's... Um, That's not Syria. I forget where it is. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank here. It's, it's in the Middle East, obviously. Yes, it is. In the biblical lands. Yeah. Yes, and I believe it's either Mount Hermon um, or one of the other ancient mountains where there's something oh, like Sinai Peninsula. I think. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's tons of 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 little pagan altars to a bunch of different gods on that mountain, and it's you know it, it's really interesting that you know they would go to mountains. Why? Maybe it's geological phenomena. Maybe it's aliens. But one of the in, I think it, it tends to center personally around geological phenomena where these thin places kind of exist, which I believe comes from Irish folklore, and then kind of filtered its way into a bunch of other things. But that's my two cents. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll, now, Rick, Rick. Any thoughts on this? I think we're going to have to take this over to the next open line show because it's it's a very large topic and important. Right, Rick. Uh, just quickly, I, I agree with Ben. There is, um, if there's a high content of granite, a high water table, negative EMFs, uh, you can see a lot of phenomenon happen there. There's the the mystery spot in California, and Santa Cruz is, is one where there's some bizarre anomalies, and also Mount Shasta, and they both consist of those negative EMFs, a lot of granite, quartz too, and a high water table. You see that. Okay. Uh, just very quickly, before we go to our announcements, uh, well, we received this uh, last week, and uh, I, th- I was really impressed with it. And I don't know, I never oh, know I a can camera on Hold, here. please, while I get the proper camera. Uh, all right, well, all right. <laughs> that. uh, that's the Paranormal Press magazine. It's brand new. Uh, you can get the um, uh, initial edition here. It's a collectible, I think. And uh, open up to that where it's uh, marked there, Ben, if you would. And I wrote the, uh, the section on... Um, uh, to introduce the the other page with me on it. All right. All right. Uh, a, uh, rather a scary uh, but uh, accurate representation of my visage, and I wrote the uh, the overview to the Mothman section. But uh, check it out. It's uh, the paranormalpress.com, or uh, and that's uh, I, I think it's really really kind of cool. And this is the first of uh, many uh, issues, hopefully. And I have no particular interest in it except that I write for it. 
but uh, I think it was pretty cool. So let's it's get on. It's always nice to see a rotoscoped version of you, Father. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so let's get on to the announcements here, Ben, if we would. Oh, indeed. And boy, do we have announcements aplenty. So our fifth uh, neighborhood meeting in what we refer to as the Pennsylvania Triangle or the Dubois Triangle will take place via Zoom on Saturday, May 8th uh, at 3 p.m. There will be a brief. Uh, there will be brief presentations by us and by our colleagues who are in the group investigating this case uh, since 2016. Also, there will be guest appearances by two local cryptid experts. It's free, uh, but there will be a chance to donate to a specific charity. Uh, We would like to limit the participation to people who live in the Clearfield County, or at least in Pennsylvania. Um, But if you have a special interest or feel you have something to contribute to the discussion of this flap area case, please contact my dad at paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Okay, our new book is uh, still in progress, Behind the Paranormal Three, Uneasy Skies. Also contributing will be several of our colleagues. As I say, Rick uh, may not know it yet, but uh, we're going to ask him to uh, kick in some information. (laughs) Surprise! Yes. Uh, The book (laughs) will also contain uh, the best of our interviews uh, over the years with the greatest researchers in the field. And um, there we have it. Rick, uh, what's going on with you? Well, I've got three cases right now that are are balancing me out. that mostly involve orbs. I'll, I'll share those later on uh, as I get as get them closer because when they're not closed, I can't really talk about them. But okay. uh, that seems to be a popular phenomenon in California right now. And other than that, be honest, I'm waiting for the school year to end and summer to start. <laughs> okay. All right. Are, are your are your kids back in school? Uh, they are still virtual. Yeah. They, really? We're yeah. still kind of locked down here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gee. All right. Well, dear old California, got to love the place. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I'll hold my tongue. And uh, just point out that uh, we've reloaded uh, most of the recorded shows back to 2009. We still have a year or more to go. Uh, They're gradually being uploaded to the archives at BehindTheParanormal.com. And uh, most of them are also on YouTube, uh, iTunes, and all those good podcast sites as well. Indeed. And if you happen to listen to us on iTunes, you can... Give us a, a little rating and, and a, leave us a little comment, and it helps us uh, grow the show. Okay. And what do we got for next week, Ben? Ooh, we have some stuff. Uh, so next week, that's April 25th, we'll welcome back Jim Bauck and, for the first time, Bob Long, co-authors of a new book on how whatever does alien, on how whatever does alien abductions controls those abductions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It would be interesting. Yeah, I don't think we've ever received any sort of concrete explanation on a, on a mechanism. Well, that, and we have another show coming up in, in a couple of weeks uh, with Lisa O'Brien, uh, O'Hara, I should say, about um, how to fight back, hmm. you know, with whatever this is. Interesting. So anyway, we'll uh, leave you today with a pithy thought from the 6th century B.C. Chinese philosopher Kung Fuzi, otherwise known as Confucius. Real knowledge to... Real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance, unquote. Huh. I'm, I'm Paul Eno. I'm Ben Eno. And fun fact, he was actually conf- a, uh, he was around the time uh, Socrates was. So they had a similar thought. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, rounding out the Enos, I'm Rick Eno. Uh, thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.